TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. It is Thursday night. It is the 7 o'clock hour, and that means it is time for the Strike Zone. We do nothing but baseball for this hour here on KMOX, all part of a Graybar Sports Open Line. We haven't had one of these in a while because the Cardinals have been playing Thursday night games. Thursday tends to be a night off uh, when you are going through a period of time where you have nights off, but the Cardinals went through a period of time where they did not have many days. But you know what? We're going to have back-to-back Thursdays. We've got this one, and the next Thursday is going to be an off day as well. It's kind of a sad time of the year when you can start looking at the schedule. And because for me personally, my life is dictated by the Cardinals' schedule. My day looks a little bit different if I'm coming to the station versus going to the ballpark. Uh, My daughter just got back into school, so there's the uh, figuring out who's picking her up from school, my wife or me and everything. So the Cardinal schedule is a big part of my everyday life. And we're at the point now where we're close enough to the end of the season that I'm looking ahead to the point of where the season is actually going to be uh, coming to an end, which I don't, I know the season has not been great. I don't, I love baseball. I don't know if I've, I've probably told you that a few times. I love the game of baseball. Even when the Cardinals are playing poorly, I'm glad to be at the ballpark. I'm glad to be talking about baseball. I'm glad to be watching baseball. So I will be sad when this season comes to an end, no matter how poorly the season might be going. And to that end, the season certainly, it is going poorly. They do get a win yesterday. Right now, the more compelling, I guess Matt Pajeski tells me we need to do more Twitter polls. If we were to do a Twitter poll, I guess a good one would be, we're not going to do it right now. We'll do it on future show. He's He looks very defeated right now. Uh, what's the, what are the most, what's the thing that you're most interested in? In fact, we'll, we'll throw this out for you to text in or tweet in if you'd like. You can uh, text into the program 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air if you are uh, watching the uh, stream yard on the, of our show today, you can uh, leave a comment on there and we'll uh, certainly uh, keep an eye out. I guess the question would be, what's the storyline? What's the thing that you are most interested in between now and the end of the season? For, for some people, it's still wanting to see this team win. 
It's still wanting this team to have success, successes that do result in wins, and seeing this team not finish in last place in the NL Central. Right now, they're a game and a half behind Pittsburgh in the uh, last place position in the NL Central. There's some people who really care about that and just don't want to see this team be a last place team this year. It's been a really, really long time since the Cardinals have finished in last place. So that's one thing. Um, the, The continued development of young players watching what a Mason Wynn can do, watching uh, what a Jordan Walker can do. I think even watching what an Alec Burleson can do. He's We, we talked about this uh, a lot lately, but just to kind of repeat, he's he's being given an everyday opportunity basically right now. What can he do with it? Because when he wasn't being given an everyday opportunity and he wasn't hitting very consistently, the answer was always, well, you know what? You put this guy in the lineup every day, he's going to produce. Well, essentially, he's being put in the lineup every day. So if you're still going to say that, see what he can do down the stretch of the season. And there's absolutely guys who are who are that way. And I wasn't around AAA to see Burleson. All I I remember I spent a number of years broadcasting the minor leagues, and I spent uh, I spent six years at AAA. And I remember having Charlie Blackman on one of the teams that I was broadcasting for, and. The Rockies just never, ever, ever believed in Charlie Blackman as being a legit big league guy. And he would go up and he wouldn't perform and then he'd come back down to AAA and he'd be really good. And he just oozed, this is a guy who if you play every day, he is going to be able to produce at a high level. And finally, he got that opportunity. I don't remember what led to the opportunity, but he finally got that opportunity with the Rockies. And he's been a really, really, really good big league player since getting that opportunity. And he proved the Rockies wrong, showing them that if given that opportunity to uh, to play on an everyday basis, he was going to produce. People say the same thing about Alec Burleson. I'm not smart enough, and I wasn't around Memphis to be able to say whether that's true or not. But I do think at the very least you got to figure it out, and you figure it out by allowing him to play every day right now, and then that helps helps you make some decisions coming up this offseason. It's been fun watching Richie Palacios. Uh, he's a guy who is having a nice AAA season, and he has produced in a very, very, very small amount of time. He is somebody that's already kind of um, – kind of become a fan favorite for for whatever reason. There's a lot of people who are already jumping on the Palacios train, if you will, and really believing in this guy as someone who can continue to be a contributor at the big league level. I think it's a little early for that. He's not somebody who is really considered a top-level prospect, but he produced at Memphis, and now he's being given an opportunity at the big league level. I think that the team likes what they've seen from him so far. At some point in time, the league is going to adjust to him. Video is going to get out on him. There's going to pitchers are going to pitch him in a little bit of a different way, and then that's when we really start to see whether or not he is going to um, whether or not he's going to be somebody that can can continue to produce at the major league level. But yeah, there's storylines that we've talked about over and over. I, I don't I don't need to get back into it, but we continue to watch. These young pitchers in the rotation, the Dakota Hudson's, I guess Hudson's not that young, but you get what I'm saying. The the unproven. Unproven would be a better word than young. The unproven starters that are in the rotation right now, the Dakota Hudson's, the Matthew Liberators, uh, Drew Rahm is going to get the opportunity to stay in the rotation. What can these guys do to either 
put themselves in position to go into spring training next year legitimately contending for a spot in the starting rotation or raising their value to a point that if the Cardinals do need to pull off a big trade to get a top-level pitcher in the offseason, that those guys have had their value rise up enough that they can be a big part of a trade like that. So, I mean, those are those are the storylines from here until the end of the season, really. There's not a whole lot more uh, beyond that. Got a text message from the 217. Says, I would just like to see starters consistently go at least seven innings. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see that, like, ever. And... There's going to be guys out there who do in baseball. There there are workhorse pitchers who can give you seven, but it's not many. It's not many at all. I mean, this is not a Cardinals thing. When, when people have complaints like these, I guess my, my response is always, well, wh- where is that happening elsewhere? Where is that happening elsewhere? I got into a Twitter conversation the other day with somebody who was complaining that the Cardinals hit too many fly balls and that the way that they can be better is to hit more ground balls. That is that is factually incorrect. You have, uh, if the ball is in the, the, the best, the best possible thing is to hit line drives. But even a fly ball has a better chance of being a hit than a ground ball does. Ground, a ground ball approach is not an approach that any Major League Baseball team is going to take. So, had somebody on Twitter say that, and... My response is, well, show me a team in baseball that has a ground ground ball approach when it comes to their hitting philosophy. It doesn't exist. There are things that people think exist in baseball that doesn't exist. There are some pitchers in baseball who can consistently give you seven. There's not many of them, and there's not many teams who have multiple pitchers who can consistently give you seven innings. And I don't know if that's ever going to come back, to be perfectly honest with you. When we come back, we're going to talk with Joe Posnaski. He's got a new book. It's fantastic. Why We Love Baseball History in 50 Moments. Joe Posnaski joins us in just a moment. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Also, right now, let's go ahead and do one more Blues ticket giveaway. Oh, yeah, we're doing it. If you want to uh, get two Blues tickets, we've got the opportunity for uh, you to uh, do so. You can uh, call in. What is it? 314-955-1120. 314-955-1120. Caller number 18. You are going to get yourself some Blues tickets. And uh, we'll give away uh, one more pack now. We may give away another pack later on as well. It is our Blues ticket extravaganza. And it's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. 
you deserve Medela. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. We do continue on on a Cardinals off night. They're back at tomorrow when they match up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Or Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Phillies. What in the world am I talking about? Uh, they are uh, matched up against the Phillies for a three-game series coming up tomorrow. Uh, right now, we're very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line, and we welcome on to the program uh, really somebody who's one of my favorite authors out there, and he's got a fantastic new book, Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. He's also going to be in St. Louis coming up on on September 7th, uh, he's going to be part of a program that's going to take place at the Jewish Community Center. We'll talk about that more in just a few moments as well. Joe Posnaski joins us on the program. Hey, Joe, how are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right. This book, I, I love it. It's uh, it's my kind of book because I'm not a long chapter kind of guy. I Maybe I'm just not smart enough to uh, say stay tuned in for long chapters. And you're going through 50 moments or 50 kind of themes at times of baseball stories. What led you to uh, to write this? Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm not smart enough to write long chapters, so it really works out pretty well. Um you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, this is one of the few books I've ever written. Uh, in fact, it's the only book that I've written where I had this sort of the title in mind. I, I had this theme. I wanted to write about this this notion of why we love baseball. So I had this title in mind, and uh, and I was trying to come up with the best way to tell that story, you know, why we love this great game. and and uh, And it led to, you know, so many of us, I think it's about the moments, you know, the, the, the personal moments, the classic moments, the funny moments. And uh, so I wanted to write about them. So I, I wrote this countdown of the 50 most magical moments in baseball history. And as you already alluded, there's actually a lot more than 50 moments in here. I talk, I do some themes. I, I, I try to have some fun with it. Um, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast to write. And, uh, I can't wait for people to see it. We're almost uh, we're just about a week out from publication date. And as you mentioned, I'll be in St. Louis a couple of days after that. I'm I'm just so excited. I don't want to do a disservice of it by not mentioning the actual baseball moments, but one of the cool things is uh, you mentioned a moment from the movie Major League. You mentioned uh, a league of their own. Bugs Bunny makes an appearance uh, in, in your book as well. So it's it's baseball moments beyond even just moments that have happened in, in real life per se. Absolutely. You know, I mean, again, it, 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 for me, it was all about this question, why we love baseball. And, you know, so much of why we love baseball are baseball movies and, and seeing Bugs Bunny, you know, throw the, uh, throw the slow ball. And, and uh, it's, to me, I wanted it to really cast a wide uh, a net because, I mean, and, and I think about this all the time, you know, baseball has been around much, much longer than any of the other sports in America. It's been around much longer than just about anything in America. I mean, you talk about 150 years ago, what what from the Civil War do do we still, you know, celebrate and love and, and uh, embrace today? And so 
Uh, so I really wanted to try to capture that. And for me to do that, I felt like I needed to go to a lot of different places. I mean, there are, there are as you mentioned, plenty of like classic baseball moments people are going to know. There, I think, are a bunch of moments in here that people, even really hardcore baseball fans, uh, aren't going to know at all. And then there's all these other sort of side moments that uh, that I just think are a lot of fun. want to go through some of the Cardinal-related ones before we uh, get you out of here. And uh, we'll start with Albert Pujols on October 17th, 2005. Of course, that's the home run against Brad Lidge. You know, when I think about that home run, I always think about it from a St. Louis perspective. It was interesting. You spoke with a super fan of the Astros, and he yeah. lamented the fact of what led to the Pujols home run. Really funny, because I had not thought about that. When I think about that moment, I just think about, and I think a lot of Cardinals fans I've talked to feel the same way, the silence. That's what I think about. He hits the home run. That place is going nuts. Houston is going to the World Series. Uh, Of course, they eventually did go to the World Series. But they're going to the World Series right now. The crowd is going absolutely crazy. And Pools hits the home run, and and the place is dead silent. So that's what I thought about. But what he thought about – uh, this this Astro super fan who is uh, fantastic to talk to um, was the walk that led up to that moment and, and how you just cannot, cannot let Albert Pujols beat you. Uh, and, you know, that's how good Pujols was in 2005. I mean, he, he, was, he was the best player in the game and he was the guy you could not let beat you. Ozzie Smith wasn't a Cardinal yet, but he made that play where he dove to his left, the ball kicked to his right, and he barehanded and threw. You've got a quote from Dale Murphy saying, it is the greatest play in baseball history. You make the point that the infields were so bad at that point uh, that it can't ever happen again because no major league game will ever be played on an infield like that again. It's really funny. I was talking to Dale Murphy about something completely different, and I happened to mention that play. I knew that play was going to be in the book. Um, and he said, oh, I was there for that game. And he goes, you know, what I remember about that is how bad the Atlanta infield was. It was just a pockmarked, you know, it was a landmine. I mean, it basically everywhere you turned and bad hops just were, it was, it was so bad. He said that Steve Garvey literally refused to take round balls before the game because he, he was not going to go out there and kill himself. And it really struck me that it can't happen again. And, you know, they weren't the only place that was like that. I mean, obviously, in St. Louis, there was turf. and Kansas City, there was turf. But in San Francisco and in New York and other places, the infields were terrible. And, you know, we're just in a different place. They're now beautiful, manicured, golf course-like infields everywhere you turn. You'll see an occasional, like, skip maybe, but you're not seeing the bad bounces they used to see back then. Joe Posnaski continuing to join us. The book is Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. KMOX listeners will especially appreciate this. A couple of Jack Buck references. Uh, the, the Kirk Gibson, I can't believe what I just saw. And then Ozzie Smith, ta- he, I thought the quote from Ozzie was fantastic, where he said, people thought I hit 500 home runs simply because of Buck's call on Go Crazy Folks Go Crazy. One of my favorite moments as an interviewer ever was going to talk to Ozzie Smith. I actually went to talk to him for the movie that they're that they play at the Hall of Fame every day. And we just started talking about I was I don't even remember how it came up. I was talking about other things. And he started to do the Jack Buck call. He just did it word for word uh, because he's heard it so many times. And he said, you know, that people think I had 500 home runs just because of that one home run. It's 
it's such a good call for it, it's such a good call for every one of the reasons that Jack Buck was such an amazing announcer, and that is it's right from the heart. You know what I mean? It's just right from the heart. The first thing that he thinks about as that ball goes over the fence, such an unlikely home run, is go crazy, folks, go crazy. It's it's. I get chills thinking about it. You have a section on the the David Freeze game and and what he did in the World Series and his backstory. Uh, a section on the the catch that Jim Edmonds made when he was with the Angels. Yeah. Everybody remembers that catch. Uh, but the last thing I really want to get into with you uh, is. The Stan Musial day where he hits the five home runs in a doubleheader, uh, really something that maybe we don't give as much credit as being one of the great moments in baseball history. Really a truly incredible moment. I mean, you know, it was sort of what I did not fully appreciate until I went back and looked at all of the, you know, the stories about it is for so many people that just sort of, it, it was the moment that reflected the greatness of Stan Musial, you know, I mean, he was not, he didn't hit 500 home runs in his career. He was, you know, power was not really his thing. You know I mean? He was not, he was a, certainly was a great power hitter, but that he wasn't, that wasn't his thing. He was just such a good hitter, line drive hitter, doubles, triples, home runs, everything line drives. Uh, And that's such a great moment. And of course, not to ruin it too much, but there's a guy in the crowd that day, a St. Louis kid in the crowd that day, uh, who would go on to uh, do something pretty special himself? So that that was a really really magical moment for me. Yeah, that that it's a great uh, great story, and people should really pick up this book. It's a it's a great read. So it's going to be available on September fifth wherever you pick up books. And then Joe, you're going to be here in St. Louis, Left Bank Books, the St. Louis County Library, and uh, the Jewish uh, Community Center. Uh, which when you're there, look for a picture of me playing basketball in fifth grade because that's where I played my fifth grade basketball. Um, they uh, you're going to be doing a uh, program you're going to uh, be joined by uh, Gerald early on that, and it's going to be something that's very cool. It is going to be so special. I mean, Gerald is one of my all-time favorite people, obviously one of the great voices uh, in America, and amazing talking about baseball. I mean, he was such a big part of the Ken Burns baseball documentary. Uh, I can't wait. I, You know, I've, I've been uh, going back and forth a little bit with Gerald, and, uh, you know, we've been We've been friends for a while now, and and I'm just so excited. That's going to be it's going to be such a cool event. I think September seventh, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. You do have to get tickets to be able to uh, go. Joe Posnaski, JoePosnaski.com. Joe. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a, as a writer and just the stories that you're able to put down in print. Uh, I love your books, and I really appreciate you taking some time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. There's Joe Posnaski joining again. The name of the book, Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. And uh, it is fantastic. And we tried to get through as, as much of the Cardinal stuff as we possibly could. The end of that Stan Musial story is pretty amazing. And uh, you would certainly, uh, I think, would uh, would certainly appreciate that to be sure. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll uh, have more opportunities for you to uh, give your thoughts on what's going on with the Cardinals if you want to get in here. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line. It's the Strike Zone right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. 
Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. It is the Strike Zone. We do that during the Thursday 7 o'clock hours each week, as long as there's not a Cardinals game that is interrupting us. There is not right now, so here we are talking all things baseball. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joe Posnaski. When I say, you know, we do these book interviews, and I'm never disingenuous about my excitement for a book. If I don't like a book, if I don't think the book is interesting, we're not going to have the uh, author on the show. But there are some books that I am more enthusiastic about, and this one is definitely in that category. Uh, on sale September 5th, Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. It is absolutely fantastic. If you missed the conversation with Joe, if you missed the conversation with Aaron Schatz, uh, whoever, if you missed yesterday, what a show it was yesterday during the uh, six o'clock hour. Uh, we were at uh, Hot Shots and we did uh, a full hour here uh, talking all things uh, City uh, SC. If you if you missed our uh, our conversation yesterday that uh, that we did with Jake Nowinski, uh, all that is available on the Sports Open Line podcast page, KMOX.com. Also, you can find it via the Odyssey app. Always like being able to take some time here on the Strike Zone hours, uh, kind of make it a. Uh, an extra inning show light where we give you uh, the opportunity to chime in on some of the things that are going on uh, with the Cardinals. Got a text message from the 636 said, Matt, it would be amazingly beneficial if Matts and Hudson could be reliable starters for 24. Unfortunately, none of these guys vying for a spot can really be trusted. Therefore, they must acquire proven, consistent talent at the top of the rotation for all of this to work. I agree with you. So, there's one school of thought, and I, I don't agree with what I'm about to say, but it's out there. It exists. There would be one school of thought that if you see a really good, you know, you're already trusting Stephen Matz based off what he's done, and you see a really good run from Dakota Hudson, and let's say Matthew Libertor turns it around, and Zach Thompson continues to keep doing what he's doing, all of a sudden there's this feeling of, well, there's too many starters than room for the rotation. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. And I don't think many people are thinking that based off the results of the rotation so far this year. Go get those top two starters. Go get guys that you can put in in the one spot and the two spot and then slot in everybody after that. And if you got more guys, then you have spots available, then you deal with that problem then. It really isn't even a problem. Those things always, always work themselves out. You always need more starting pitching than you would think you would need on paper going into spring training. You almost never come out of spring training with the five guys that you are expecting to be in there as the five guys that are in your your, your you know, first time through starting rotation. It just doesn't happen. It's fantastic if Dakota Hudson continues on a good run. It's fantastic if Matthew Libertor takes another step forward. It's fantastic if Zach Thompson is able to continue doing what he's doing. It would be fantastic if we saw something from Drew Rahm between now and the end of the season. All those things are great. None of them, none of them, none of them change what the Cardinals need to do when it comes to the top of the rotation. I don't mean to be borderline crass, crass in a family-friendly kind of way about this. I actually don't care who the fifth starter is next year for the Cardinals. 
Don't care. They'll find somebody. Somebody will go in there. He'll be just as good as any fifth starter in baseball. You don't you don't win playoff series. You don't win division titles. You don't you don't win ninety to hundred games because of who your fifth starter is. It's just whoever it is, it is, that's who it is. And if you can get production out of your fifth starter, fine. I don't care. I don't care who the fifth starter is. I care who the number one starter is. I care who the number two starter is. And my expectation is that neither of those guys are on the team right now. And uh, you hope to get some production from Miles Michaelis that he can continue doing what he's doing. If Michaelis pitches uh, the way he can, if you've got him as your three, he's he's as good as any three in baseball. Uh, he's a guy who's been an all star. Like that's a I, when I talk about Michaelis being your three, it's not it's not demoting him to that spot. It's not talking down about Miles Michaelis. It's about creating a rotation that's really really good, and they need the top two guys to be guys that are not currently in the organization. And whoever the fifth starter is, that's who it is. And maybe, you know, John Mozalak has talked about bringing in three starters for next year. That's the number that he has given. So my only thought on that is in all likelihood, it's the top two guys and then maybe another pitcher, maybe a veteran guy who's going to be in that group that's going to be competing for that fifth spot. Because right now, you would think it would be that guy, plus Hudson, plus Libertor, plus Thompson, maybe plus Graceffo, maybe plus McGreevy, maybe plus Drew Rahm. I don't know. Like that, There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys who could be uh, in that number five spot. And again, actually, here's this would be my personal preference on, a, on who your number five starter is. A young guy who is continuing to develop – who you have high hopes for them growing into a bigger role. Maybe that does describe Matthew Libertor. If they still believe in, in, in Libertor as being a guy, and, and I do. I think Libertor has the opportunity, if everything comes together, to be a very good major league pitcher. Maybe it is Gordon Graceffo. Maybe it is uh, McGreevy. Maybe it's one of these guys. But that would be more my preference than anything. Use that fifth starter spot as an opportunity to get somebody uh, a bit of an opportunity. Fred in Columbia texting into the program says, I want to see if the Cardinals hitters can figure out how to drive in runners while in scoring position. If individual players can't, how can they be counted on different next season? We've talked a lot about this lately, Fred, and I feel the same way as you do that the Cardinals haven't been very good with runners in scoring position, that they leave a lot of runners on base, which they do. The the numbers there don't lie. This is a team that is among the leaders in terms of runners left on base this year. But like we talked about, I'm not trying to just repeat the same stuff that I've said over and over and over for the last week or so, but when I looked at the numbers on what the team is hitting with runners in scoring position, it's not that far off from their team batting average. When I looked, they hit 254 this year with runners in scoring position, and as a team, they were a 257 hitting team. So they were just a step off of what... Uh, they what they normally do. So the problem has been in games that they lose, especially games that they lose big, the numbers are bad. Like then it's not too often that they're losing games big where they're not getting a lot of runners on base. It's kind of odd. Yeah, if if you're losing a game four to one, but you score your one run on three hits and you go one for two with runners in scoring position, it it just feels like 
okay, that's a tip your cap day. That's a day that the opposing starting pitcher was really, really good. But what a lot of these games are for the Cardinals where they're not scoring a lot of runs, it's actually that they have a ton of base runners and they're just not getting hits with runners in scoring position. They're going 1 for 12. They're going 0 for 9. They're they're, they're having days like that. And there's been too many days like that during the course of the season. And it's, it's a really weird thing that's going on with the Cardinals because when you take a step back and look at the numbers overall, the numbers don't always match up with what we're seeing with our eyes. And I think if you've listened to me much, you know that I am someone that more often than not is going to defer to the numbers. There's not, when you're looking at raw numbers, there's not a bias there. It's just that those tell the truth. But man, that's that's one stat that's a little bit odd that the Cardinals hitting with runners in scoring position in aggregate, it's not that far off from what they do overall but it feels like they're a really, really good offensive club when there's not runners on base. feels like they hit a ton of solo home runs, which they do. Uh, And then you see those numbers, and it doesn't always uh, add up to each other. Uh, Another text message coming in asking about uh, Jordan Walker. Uh, Asked what I think about uh, Walker here in his uh, rookie season, saying overall, what do you think of Jordan Walker's rookie year, especially as young as he is? It's been fine. Yeah, you you weren't going to I don't think you were ever going to count on him as being this big time middle of the order producer. His numbers are fine. He's learning on the fly. Uh he's he's got to drive the ball in the air still a little bit more. He's got to strike out a little bit less, but his numbers right now 257, 11 home runs, 35 RBIs and OPS at 742. Those are middle of the road numbers. None of those numbers are going to knock your socks off. Obviously, he still needs to get a little bit better from a defensive standpoint. We'll see what the team does with him uh, in the offseason, whether or not they're going to want him to play some winter ball or if they're just going to spend some time with him in Florida or whatever. Whatever it might be, that's still the area that he has to work on the most. But it has been – I will – the only thing that does seem to be happening is I do wonder if he is wearing down a little bit. Uh, the big league schedule, it is an absolute grind. He's a young guy, hasn't really done it so much. You look at his numbers, especially here recently in the month of August, he's not hitting. He's hitting 221. He's got an OPS at 694. So the numbers have dropped a little bit recently. But even in July, he was only a 209 hitter. So his numbers are actually a little bit better in August than they are in July. Uh, this is after he was really good in June, hit 338 in June, had an OPS close to 1,000. So he's still figuring it out. And this has been a really good experience for him as he continues the process of figuring it out. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future with Jordan Walker. Speaking of the future, Building the Future is sponsored by Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs. We'll take one more break. We'll uh, come back. Actually, yeah, we'll come back. And then, uh, oh, we've got one more ticket giveaway. Matt Pajeski giving me the... uh, giving me the telephone sign that it is time to do our final giveaway of the night. We've got two more Blues tickets for their game on October 19th. That's a Thursday night. 
So on a Thursday night, we're giving tickets away for a Thursday night game. October 19th, they're going to match up against Arizona that night. It's going to be a 7 o'clock puck drop at the Enterprise Center. Once again, we will take caller number 18-314-955-1120. 314-955-1120. Caller number 18. You are going to win yourself two tickets to see the Blues on October 19th. And uh, we are, and we're ready. We are ready for hockey season. It is right around the corner. You want hockey that much more when the Cardinals are struggling. And Cardinals, they're struggling. We'll take a break, have more in a moment. It is a sports open line. It is the strike zone hour right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the strike zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Starting to wrap up this edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line and the Strike Zone on a Cardinals off night. What's on deck? It is sponsored by Chesterfield Fence and Deck. The sign you have, the very best. The Cardinals are going to open up a series against the Phillies tomorrow. Miles Michaelis on the mound. The right-hander is 6-9 and nine with a 4.55 ERA. 6.05 first pitch tomorrow, so we are going to be on the air beginning at uh, 5.10 tomorrow night with Cardinals baseball right here on KMOX, so a bit of an early start. Just bummer news when it comes to baseball. If you're a baseball fan, it's hard to say anybody is more exciting in the game than Shohei Otani, and he has a UCL tear. He is done pitching for the rest of the season. He is continuing to hit in the lineup. Uh, that's according to a report from ESPN. So he's not going to pitch again this year. He left his start against the Reds uh, Wednesday after just 26 pitches. The report says he underwent an MRI that revealed he had a tear in his uh, right UCL, and uh, he has opted to serve as the DH moving forward, at least through an upcoming weekend series. He has done this before when he's had issues that have impacted his ability to pitch, and he has continued to throw. I guess what there's a couple things here. Uh, First off, there is a possibility he's going to need Tommy John surgery. And if he needs Tommy John surgery, how does that impact his free agency that's going to be coming up? It would He would miss the entire season. It would also be the second time he got Tommy John. And generally speaking, a second Tommy John surgery is more challenging to come back from a first, than from a first Tommy John surgery. Now, I don't think we should put anything past um, – Shohei Otani based off what he's just shown throughout his career. So that's the first thing. Second thing is you don't want to see him get more injured by continuing to hit. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Probably isn't. Somebody probably would have said if it is, you don't hit anymore. But this is this is a major story, especially when it comes to him going into free agency where he was expected to get a contract worth at least $500 million. There's a possibility he still gets that contract and a team signs him knowing that he's not even going to pitch this upcoming season and maybe can't appear, period. So you just feel bad for him, one of the stars of our game of baseball. And uh, he is out from pitching, and his future is a little murky here for the moment. That's it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Talk to you tomorrow here on KMOX. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 